since you're yeah. like mainly in like the healthcare IT industry right, right. what type of like artificial intelligence products you see or like artificial general intelligence products you see so basically there are three categories right so one uh, which is predominantly used in the diagnosis right uh, second category which is used in the treatment third category which is used in your general hospital management so the biggest um, kind of uh, the area where the artificial intelligence is making it through is in the diagnosis of cancer so you'll see lot more oncologists right now who are kind of relying on systems like IBM Watson uh, because it has the ability to crunch a lot of historical data yes. which otherwise humanly it is not possible uh, and also uh, oncology is something which has always been a subject of debate in terms of even if a, you know a, a doctor does it he's probably just 80% accurate right so the residual risk that exists today uh, you know is is probably more or less same as what the machine would prescribe so uh, this there's a particular pattern that you know you guys need to uh, be aware of right so one is uh, how how is ai helping the medical fraternity and uh, so generally there are three categories in which ai is playing a role right um, so the category one so one is called an amplification through amplified right second one is called as interaction or interact and third one is called as embodied so this basically also kind of uh, takes away the fear of whether machines are going to replace us right now this this is a long debate which is happening i don't think machines are ever going to replace at least a medical fraternity but what is definitely happening is they will coexist and work with us how how do they work they primarily work in these three they, we call this as agents right so amplify is something where it is able to crunch a large amount of data and provide actionable insights to whoever is using it so let's say um, a patient comes with a chronic diabetic history right it's got 10 years of data now humanly if i have to go through that case record it's going to take a lot of time but what machines can do is if it is you know if it's in a format where it is computerized it will automatically read the 10 years data and then it will tell you okay here are the top 3 things that i could infer okay so that is called as amplification crunching a large amount of data okay now this can also be x-ray yeah. it can also be an mri right the second one is called as interact so interact it doesn't do a lot of intelligent work but it does simple tasks which otherwise would have never been possible so example is like alexa right or your google voice assistant so what it does is okay i can book a cab i can order food i can ask it to switch on the lights not really yeah. very intelligent task but it brings along with it a personality yeah right so in the healthcare in the medical fraternity it can work as a assistant as a digital assistant 
right? So yeah. I, if I don't want to document my notes in the computer, I can always have something like an Alex or a Google Voice system that can say that, you know, hey, why don't you just start writing it down? The third one, this probably has a potential threat. So Embodify is something which has a physical space, a physical body. So we're talking something like a robot. Now in China, there's a robot called a Xiaomi. It's spelled as Z-Y-O-V-I. Right? So Xiaomi is first robot to have passed a medical exam. Right? So I take about four years to pass a medical exam. That robot is as qualified as somebody who's passed his four year exam. Now, whether you would be comfortable interacting with a robot, maybe not, right? So what Embodify does is it actually clubs both of this. So it has capability to crunch a large amount of data. It has capability to interact both with somebody who is using it or with a patient. And at a futuristic you know, time, it will also have capabilities to do some physical tasks. So it could be like, you know, check the vitals for the patient, yeah. check the BP, check the sugar. But in a very highly cognitive evolved models, today what we are seeing, so this is one example, let's say, today there is a radiologist, right? Now, this profession is no longer uh, the most sought after position, uh, profession today. Earlier, uh, somebody does medical, MD seat for radiology was the number one. Right? People would do anything, yeah. sell their house, sell anything to get a radiology seat. But that has come down significantly. The main reason is because you have very advanced systems, right? And from this but that, does it mean that radiology will go away? No. Radiologists will go away? No. So now, there is another field called as intervention radiology. That means you use the techniques of radiology, but you are also supposed to do some surgery. As again somebody who was just looking at a image and then making diagnosis, that can easily be done by this one. So what radiologist now needs to focus on? The interaction. So radiologist, although machine is able to say that you know you got stage one cancer, but machine will never be able to communicate to the patient because it's not empathetic. Only humans can console the patient, make them sit down, tell them why it has happened and tell them the possible actions, you know, how they can cure cancer. And today you also heard of robotic surgery. Right? Yeah, yeah. Again, not applicable for all types of surgery, but certain you know malignant lesions, some straightforward surgery. So today either the doctor can perform sitting anywhere in India, or probably he can do more amount of surgeries if he or she is guided by a machine, right? So basically, you know, this is one part of you know how the world is going to evolve, where humans will figure out a way to work with machines, right? Whether it's amplifying, interact, or embodying. Yeah. This is the most riskiest one. This is what has happened in most of the manufacturing sectors. So if you see yeah. Apple today, they have replaced all of their human humans who were to assemble phones with robots. If you heard of Tesla, yeah. right? Yeah, he's yeah. looking at 
complete manufacturing unit with just two, two human beings. Everything else is automated. Yeah. But it takes a lot of time. Now, in a very futuristic world, what is going to happen? Who is going to build this? It has to be again humans. Right? Humans have to build machines and machines will have to help humans. So, in building the humans uh, or building the machines, you, you will have new roles that will emerge. Right? So let's say you know, this radiologist does this for 10 years, he's probably reached the zenith of you know, where he would want to. But he might think, okay, there are other ways in which I can make the machine smart. Right? Can I actually create a robot that can diagnose and it can you know, interact with the patient? So three new categories of jobs will emerge in the future. Right? So one category is called as the trainer. Okay. So who's the trainer? You guys have learned Python, right? Yeah. So why do you need Python? To, to right. Call code. Right. So basically, what you're doing is you're building a smarter machine. Okay. But if you don't know Python, you can't do it. So okay. earlier, if AI didn't exist, you guys would have probably chosen Java or C plus or something, right? The fact is, whoever is whoever was working on software earlier now will get focused towards building the AI system. The second category is called as explainers. So explainers are somebody who play the role of a strategist. Right? So in, in a world where I see only red, right? So I'm 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 let's say I'm a software engineer, I only see red color. The clients see blue, right? But you need somebody who can see purple. Basically, these days, somebody who understands the technology, who understands the business, right? Yeah. And then they work with both the trainers as well as the business to kind of tell, okay, for solving this business problem, this is the most applicable model, right? This is the most reliable algorithm. The third category is called as explainers, uh, sorry, sustainers. Sustainers are kind of the leadership roles, right? Who stick or stand by the decisions that will be taken by machines. So let's say in, in the case of radiologists, right? If the accuracy is 80%, it is always debatable. You can say that 20% there's a risk. But assuming this radiologist will play the role of a sustainer, he'll say that even if humans do it today, there's 20%. Risk. Even if a machine does, it's a 20% risk. So I'll still stick by the algorithm that is built and I'm ready to take the risk for that 20%. So today what's happening, there's a mad rush. Everyone is trying to become the trainer. Right? I want to learn the latest and greatest technologies to build. But what's more important is you'll end up building a lot of Algorithm, but you will not have anybody who can explain and you will not have anybody who can sustain. So that's why the more you, know, you involve the business people, right, the more they understand that how machines can help me, right, they will naturally assume the role of explainer or sustain. So that's where the world is heading towards. So, like in, in healthcare, there's like 
so many examples. Like in Serna, we have an algorithm called as sepsis alert. So sepsis, when somebody is admitted to a you know ICU, within four hours, if they're not able to diagnose, most likely the patient is going to die, right? And what this alert basically does is it hits our current database, and then it looks for certain parameters, and once they are out of the range, it automatically alerts the care provider. Now we as Serna, we're giving that free of cost to all the clients. And there's significant, I mean, there's so many great stories of actually lives being saved in that place. Now it's not okay. taking away anyone's job, mm. right? It is just augmenting their current workforce. But yes, there is a possibility that, you know, once they evolve to the state, you know, there's a risk. But that doesn't mean these two roles will go away. You still need people over here and... So that's a cycle that will keep continuing. So the more we resist using AI technologies, the larger the gap that's going to exist. Okay. Rather, I think we'll have to figure out a way in, in which both can coexist, help machines, and then machines will help us. Okay, I have a meeting at 10. Any other, you guys are here till what time? 11. Okay. Uh, when are you free again? Uh, I'll be free at about 11.30. Okay. Um, or you can meet with Darshan. Yeah. And if you still have any open questions, I'll probably no. stop there. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And a uh, couple of books I'll actually hand it over to Lalita. Okay. I, I think one you've already... Yeah, I have. Yeah. There's one more, it's with Darshan. And there's one more called as Digital Tsunami. So this basically gives a you know prediction of what's going to happen. Oh. But your ethical aspects, yeah, I'm not a legal expert. Yeah. But uh, I guess as long as you take care of this, I think you're good. But the only issue comes is when you try to resist. But as a human being, I think we will always resist. Okay. We always see machines as a threat. Right? Yeah. But it can only take away the repetitive kind of uh, task, which is, which is not per se adding value to the humans. Yeah. Right? So as in, as in when humans evolve more cognitively, I think machines also should evolve. But to build the machines, you need people like Amartya. Right? <laughs> you need Amartya plays the role of a trainer and an explainer, and sometimes sustainer. Yeah, okay. I miss this part. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I have a meeting. So okay, you can sure, just take, I just explain like uh -huh. uh, two aspects, like how machines augment the humans, okay. and then how humans help machines. We can start talking and then yeah. uh, he can uh, join. I I can tell you my perspective on some of this uh, from a healthcare perspective. So. My team essentially works on uh, connecting devices, medical devices that you see in patient setting, um, a lot of the health trackers that are there in the mobile phones and stuff like that and bringing all of that knowledge to the EMR. Um, the way I see it is, I think uh, there are two sides of uh, the story. So for example, uh, there is something called the sepsis algorithm, right? You, you must have heard about it. So there is once a patient undergoes 
treatment in the hospital or surgery or something there are very high chances of that patient catching an infection within a certain 5 or 6 day uh, period after the surgery and that most of the infections that happen is called like the sepsis thing so what uh, a lot of our folks owner folks have done is we've run intelligent algorithms that if your heart rate is between so and so value if you are taking this med- medication if your lab results are so and so so if these 10 11 parameters match and pass that algorithm then i accurately predict to 95% accuracy that this patient is about to have a sepsis infection so even before he has it we send out an alert to the caregiver so i think this is the good side of it that you can uh, uh, save a life by uh, having ai based uh, systems now also one of the challenges that we faced uh, while we worked on it was this these ai algorithms need a lot of consistent data so i can say that my heart rate should be let's say greater than 72 at all times if it is between 60 and 72 then i pass one checkbox of that algorithm now for a let's say there is a very uh, regular smoker so his heart rate or his spo2 percentage basically oxygen saturation in the blood will never be greater than 95 it will always be between 78 to 82 but for a non smoker it will be 95 and above so when i put my algorithm on these two patients one patient i will successfully be able to do it but i will trigger a false alarm here why because their um, spo2 will never reach there right so this is where ai helps us in making sure we normalize the data of the patient and we'll say for this guy the new average is 82 rather than 95 because for the last 48 hours his spo2 has been consistently like this and his historical records also show it so i will not trigger a sepsis uh, alert for this guy so these are some of the good use cases that uh, help us in terms of uh, uh, in a healthcare perspective right any questions so what are the things you see coming in the future and like what type of jobs could they take yeah so what kind of jobs will they take i think uh, i see i have two perspectives on this one is uh, in healthcare uh, the care that we receive today is very reactive like only when i get a cold is when i go to a doctor only when i have a fever is when i go to a doctor so the doctor will still remain is still remaining right but when i am going is when i am suffering now a lot of this uh, stuff that is going to happen is let's say i my system knows that i am allergic to pollen grains a particular kind of a pollen grain and uh, let's say that pollen grain is more in kolkata correct now i am here i am perfectly fine now let's say a google inbox may my ticket comes from bangalore to kolkata now the day i am flying there on that morning i get a notification on my phone saying that do not forget to carry your anti allergens yeah 
correct yeah. that is a very powerful story right so in a way maybe i would not go to that doctor now because i know something bad is going to happen so everything that is reactive in nature today will take a hit each of those jobs but at the same time uh, i also think that uh, to stand up a system like this there are going to be more jobs created with the advent of ai so i don't think that there is going to be job loss but people would uh, there will be less opportunities to do mundane work which is repetitive in nature everybody would be required to upskill and do higher order work in every industry so this is a good example that i saw right probably i won't go to i would need a pharmacy now i could also have business models that in my ticket i also know where i'm going to stay so uh, if i if it's an early morning flight and the pharmacy is not open i can choose to pre order that uh, medicine in that hotel or uh, place where i am going so these are different aspects so you are saying how everybody will have to upskill but then like not everybody will have the ability or the finances to upskill so at the end like so, like a majority would be un- would remain unemployed right it's a good question what do you think does the background so, so whether ai is uh, advent of ai is will take out jobs or create more unemployment <laughs> so uh, one aspect to it can be that uh, when i was young i used to see a lot of typewriters in front of uh, the courts where they would just uh, have a small typewriter and they would do it uh, today uh, they don't ha- i mean that kind of job doesn't exist anymore so as and when civilization moves forward this is something that is going to happen i mean it may be a bitter truth but uh, some jobs will get affected not all uh, but more jobs will get created as well so uh, but uh, that that's how it is i mean you can't put a stop to it if you put a stop to it then you stop progress so that's what my take on it is now when you feel that uh, so that jobs will get closed or things like that you are under the assumption that things will continue as they are like for example if you take how it was around 20 25 years back uh, people were maybe not so fashion conscious so while a lot of things actually got closed because of automation there was a whole new industry in terms of fashion that got opened up uh, there are a lot more roles today that we were not even aware of say 15 20 years back so what is always going to happen is as you evolve mankind's likes dislikes will change a lot the things services that he is looking for change a lot so conventionally a lot of things which were very uh, human dependent may become automated but there is always going to be a new sector that is going to open up based on how our likes and dislikes change so because uh, if you i don't know if you are aware of something called the luddite fallacy so this was earlier when all of the weaving and all used to happen in the manually so as soon as the weaving machines came actually people started destroying the weaving machines thinking that it's going to take away our jobs and things like that but what started happening is people started moving into a different sector and that's how all of the industrial revolution and things like that came about so when you say jobs are going to go away that may be under the assumption that things are going to continue as they are uh, but what we are not accounting for is there's going to be whole new sectors that are going to open up there are whole new jobs that are going to get created within that 
so that sort of cycle will always keep happening i don't see sort of a huge wave of unemployment coming anytime soon so based on the prediction that there may be uh, mass unemployment there uh, there's a proposed universal basic income that's going to be put in place so what what do you feel about this uh so that concept i think stems from the fact that you can't tax machines uh, till now governments have been running uh, based on the taxes that we provide and it's still on based on the assumption that uh, the robots that we have seen in the sci-fi movies will take up uh, the places right but it's not going to happen that way i mean uh, uh, for me I, uh, the way i think it is uh will be that there will be researches in directions that will help us do the right kind of thing but uh, ta- so taxation can happen on the companies companies that are uh, creating uh, these kind of systems maybe but not necessarily uh, a universal basic income is something that uh, will take place anytime soon that's what i feel and uh, the agi concept that's been talked about i, I mean a machine that's that that does something which is very similar to human actions Uh, the difference between uh, an, an ai and an agi uh, with this is i will take a cue from where javed was talking about uh, the fact that sepsis algorithm predicts uh, properly for a normal patient but for a smoker it fails in many cases because that anomaly is normal for that person so ai systems that we see right now are very narrow uh, and they can't go to a scale where they can do generic stuffs that human beings do because we can take our learnings from one area and put it back to some other place maybe i see someone do something on the road and that influences me in some way to do something differently maybe not on the road but that is something that ai machines have not yet been able to do they are very narrow to the tasks that they have been trained to do they can't do anything beyond that so uh, if if something like that happens if agi ever comes then probably taxing the companies would be a better option than having a ubi AGI stands for what? Armstrong uh, general 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 the pensions ah, so that's okay. where the confusion comes that whether if jobs are not there who will be taxed and if there is no tax who will fund these pensions if there is no fund to the pensions how will they get no, the basic but how is it any different from what is there now so people with jobs are paying right the taxes right. taxes are given to the unemployed no, the assumption starts with the fact that ah. agi will be there and humans yeah. will not be required for jobs that is the presumption yeah. Yeah. on under which fund. ubi uh, has that been. is under the assumption that yeah. it's completely self sustaining exactly ियम but uh the reason alpha go could do what it did was because there were simulations possible so there are n number of moves that can be done and they could all be simulated so all the outcomes for every simulation could be known so simulation has played a great role in something like uh, what should i say an embryonic state of agi maybe 
So not just feeding data into the algorithms, but simulation. One of the things that you can do is, I don't know where, I think in India today or Outlook, there was an interview of uh, Bill Gates that came up where they were asking him very similar questions about the impact of AI. It would be very relevant for you guys uh, to read up on that. One very interesting view he had is, uh, he feels that companies which are benefiting from AI and automation should be taxed on basis of the jobs that they are uh, letting go. So his idea okay. is, you are benefiting from technology that comes in and that's drastically helping you improve your bottom lines. So there is sort of a basis for taxing these companies. In my personal opinion, that doesn't make sense because he's built his whole empire <laughs> doing the same thing 20 years back. Yeah. But that's an interesting point of view for your study. You should okay. read the interview. I'm not sure which this thing if I find yeah, it. Yeah, you, you will find it. That and then uh, similar commentary was done by Elon Musk also. I'm yeah. sure you must have read about it. That he also calls, uh, he has taken this word against... Uh, calls it evil AI <laughs> and he asks exactly the same questions that if you don't regulate uh, artificial intelligence probably we will be in the matrix world this was said in 1960s as well correct, but correct. I mean that's uh... so like most people who are like against AI they ask for like all AI development to like be either open sourced or like publish your findings and uh, like how are your methods of finding so do you think that's like a fair like ask okay if you ask me uh, a great amount of it is already open source i mean the frameworks that are being developed by google we are using it in cerner over here i mean uh, because it's open source that uh, that quickens development rather than we doing the same thing that's been done it helps so uh, so i mean uh, whether it should be made public or not uh, that's that's the question. Uh, More of yeah yeah. More it's it's kind of already public, no, but there are still software. a lot of proprietary things which will not be made. Yeah, I mean, now. but it's now it's we have access to it because Google's philosophy is slightly. Yeah, I mean, if you look at it, Darshan, Google's, Facebook, everybody's philosophy is kind of on similar lines that uh, we want to make it open source so that developers can collaborate. No, so I'll so, give you an example. For example, now we have no idea in terms of how Google is tracking our activity. We know that. This is the stuff that they are looking at, but we have no idea what means they are using it. So your question might be even making that completely transparent. But would that fall under AI or would that be conventional uh, or transactional trackings that we are talking no, about? How are they using it kind of thing? See, what you are saying is the framework itself being available right. to, for me to build something at all. Right. But today, even in terms of any intelligence that they have built, can we get access to those algorithms? But wouldn't that be more about how they have used this framework to handle the business and the business part of it should still be left to the companies. I mean, we make the yeah. codes open source, we make the frameworks open source, ah. let the companies use it. But in which business case, how exactly they have used it? Uh, that, that's uh, what his question is. Question. That is yeah, this so moral enough to that you are using it for your business good, but then you should continue to publish your findings so that the world knows how and for right. what you are using these frameworks, AI frameworks for? Yeah, I and mean, maybe, but I mean, it's how would we even uh, use those findings? I mean, we can make it public. No, more than using it, it's more about the ethical bit of it. I, I, I think, it's, yeah, if that's the case, many companies would be willing to do that also. I, so I have a different point of view. So I'll tell you the parallel that I see is the uh, pharmaceutical industry. 
the moment as soon as you make any breakthrough if you're making it open for the public it sort of uh, removes your incentive to put any money into research because you're not going to be able to monetize it somebody else will just reverse engineer it or use the same thing so what you're effectively doing through that means is you're sort of putting a block in terms of how fast the industry can develop yeah. this is my point of view i don't know what that is I I have two perspectives. Uh, one is uh, there has to be regulation in some areas. So I, you guys have heard about how Facebook helped. Uh, which company was it? Which uh, India's elections and Cambridge, uh, Cambridge Analytica, right? It was essentially data and uh, how they were using it. So that's unacceptable, right? That's you are questioning the democratic principles of a country and basically. Uh, changing the perspective of a whole nation secondly there is also while we talk about google and facebook there is also a very big company called palantir technologies so it is an ai based company which the government's funding goes into uh, that company and it is for security cyber security for all of us i think you should read about it how that is palantir palantir technologies so they do all the work so undercover uh, i don't know if you guys have seen person of interest yeah. right so what these guys uh, do is they will they they have a ai engine and it spits out a number. ssn number of a citizen who is either going to get killed or who is going to kill, uh, kill. yeah right so that whole concept uh, you know it's very fascinating yeah on the other hand things like uh, pharmaceuticals so that you cannot open source Right, it's it's a it's a state security matter, but on the other hand, there are things like uh, how are you using it for nutrition, for uh, pharmaceuticals, and frankly speaking, across the world, there is no clear demarcation of what are the things which can be open, and which cannot be open. Now is when the evil side of AI is coming out, in terms of uh, Cambridge Analytica. That oh, I didn't know that I formed a perception about a politician. just because how the feed in my facebook timeline was coming correct yeah and that changes the whole uh, game so maybe we are getting to that matrix world but we we don't know so i i i am a big proponent of that it needs to be but the moment you give someone the power to say to this wait. is open and not open that guy is going to mis- misuse it Right, so it's a grey matter. I don't know what the answer is. <laughs> I think it's more more like what has been happening in the history throughout. Whoever will be given power, they will somehow, mm-hmm. I mean, misuse it. That's what has happened everywhere. Socialism, capitalism, AI also <laughs> maybe. But uh, to demarcate it, I think the data should never be made public. How the companies are using it, but the frameworks definitely because that uh, quickens development. That uh, so to give you a small example, initially TensorFlow was a framework yeah, of Google. Yeah, yeah. and now people have started developing things on top of tensorflow where they are i mean sonnet is another thing that has come up recently uh so these things if they are not open source it people will start again from scratch writing the writing the basic things uh, for it to do writing the basic loops which yes. doesn't make sense i mean we need to move forward not go back in cycles so the codes and framework should be open source the data not so that's what i think so you were talking about how like some sec- the security ai firm that it's it shouldn't be open source so should like uh, other private like this is completely public funded right 
So should other private firms which want to develop AI in this area, should they like be given like the green light to go ahead and develop it or should they approach the government and either get approved or disapproved? And, like should all other AI projects also have this approval based system? I think uh, government should definitely not be given the uh, <laughs> control because uh, I think for a, for a period of time in the next 10 years, I don't think there is going to be any regulation in the space of AI, AGI and everything. Where everyone is going to run in the speed of the way they, how fast they can run. And maybe a better sense would prevail after a decade, which we are still finding answers. But I don't think there is a silver bullet right now. I mean, the whole world is divided into uh, what should be uh, normalized and what should not be. In my uh, view, everyone should be allowed to do what they want. People do it for earning money and monetizing it, as he said, right? I will not invest... And if I don't invest, if it's regulated, that means I'm, I'm, it's a fear of future as you write. It's, yeah. uh, that's my take. I don't think it's a good idea to keep the government as the governing body. Right? So if you've seen that uh, movie which was there, na, based on 1984, uh, mm-hmm. George Orwell's thing, huh. right? Uh, we, we for Vendetta. Yeah. So that's a very similar scenario wherein the government regulates all of the privacy matters and things like that. So what happens is, that's where the term big brother or big boss came out because they start monitoring everything that happens. So there is nobody to question the government itself. So I don't think the government should be the governing body. Maybe an independent governing body, but again, there are questions about how truly independent it is and things like that. So like Javed said, I don't think we are mature enough to have it right now. Maybe some time down the line, but not at this point. Oh, okay. And so. so, like in EGI, it or in AI, you can can you quote bias into how it like does the analytics? Is that possible even? So when you say bias, is it to to work sort of influencing it towards giving a specific prediction? Yeah, yeah. Yes, very easy. So, like, how how can is it? preventable and what like or is, is it like true or is it a misconception and can it be prevented uh, see end of the day it's basically software so you want software to behave in a specific way it's not any different from any of the conventional java or c++ code that you'll write in terms of preventing it again it goes back to making your source code completely available or open source code and things like that uh, the there are sort of methods in which you can actually figure out even without having access to the source code to figure out whether a specific uh, model is biased or not. Uh, So I don't see that really as a concern. So just as an example, if I develop something that is biased and I hand it off to you, it's it's very easy for you to figure out whether there's a bias or not, completely independent of the source code. So you run the model on some base data, see how it performs. It's very easy to do it. I don't really see that as a concern. So, 
so like many like uh, journalistic companies were saying that like once ai fully develops it will be an infringement of our human rights because uh, it's like everyone has a right to le- like it basically infringes like the following human rights will all of them be- like will all of them truly be infringed or will like new jobs be created and yeah the whole it- new sector will it transition into new jobs or will it like be uh so this is in lines with uh, i mean if ai is fully evolved will jobs t- uh, will it be will it lead to like uh, unemployment or will there be a transition into what jobs basically so i think it would be uh, what we discussed i mean new jobs will definitely get created uh, and uh, i mean the basic assumption that things will run as it is may not be true so uh, the outcomes that we are, we are foreseeing right now uh, may be a long shot at this stage and also the fact that we are saying that uh, an agi will get developed that's still something uh, maybe we need to reevaluate every 5 year 5 years so how close are we because uh, as i was saying that historically we have seen these things uh, being said repeatedly but we also witnessed things like ai winter where there was no development uh, there was no progress in the direction of creating something that can learn from data so uh, what happens is i mean uh, telling it right now would be a long shot would be a prediction with sort of 15% confidence maybe <laughs> but uh, yeah i mean uh, and it depends on who as we were talking about things like who should govern government uh, private institutions or a central governing body they would play a big role in determining how we take this forward so the people who are the decision makers i think a lot will depend on them as well so i don't see the situation very different from when the it boom first happened so just as an example when they were at banks there used to be so much of manual labor to sort of just keep accounting of the ledgers and things like that so when it systems came in there like everything gets replaced there'll be one person in the bank who and everything is taken care of them by, by the machines but now 2025 years down the line what you have actually realized is it has actually created a lot more jobs things have gotten a lot more easier and i see a very similar direction with uh ai as well i don't see cause for concern if anything i feel that it's going to create a lot more jobs instead of the reverse of it is like benefiting everybody yes. so that's just like it systems do so oh, okay i also have a feeling like if, uh, to describe it i'm sure there must be similar concerns and if you read the commentary when uh, cars were invented when aeroplanes were invented mm-hmm. each point of time there must be a fundamental question to the guys who hadn't seen this before are the bell gaadis or the cycles going to go away yeah. correct now similarly there is a similar concern you have seen it yourself right uh, will the banks exist in future right right now every time you have to pay how do you pay you either swipe your card or either you are going to do a paytm right oh, but think about the the need for domain expertise whether it be finance whether it be healthcare or any other pharmaceutical that domain expertise is going to become more and more critical which means there will be buck on the value for expertise not for probably i'm a jack of all trades but the future uh people uh, have to be experts at things which can then be implemented using ai terminologies 
So I would think that the quality of life would increase and people who are experts will create deeper rewards in future as as these technologies uh, evolve. Okay. I think that's it. Yeah. That's all. Thank you. Thank you. How does it work? Uh, you guys came up with the questionnaire or you guys get this as the base framework and you are supposed to create your report around it? No, uh, we, we had to create this. Yeah, okay. Okay. But Why did uh, you choose this specific uh, field as your project or your report? Uh, we're both into computer science and okay. this is sort of like one of the big topics. So yeah. what level of flexibility do you get? At least do you get the topic and you choose from the topic or even the topic is oh, completely brought to We had like we were given about six themes okay. and then we chose human rights as a theme okay. and on that you can choose any topic that relates to it. Okay. So we tied like how EI will affect human rights as our main topic. Yeah. It's very heavy stuff to be learning <laughs> in school. Actually, it's good that... So, the best way to study the future, in my mind, is to go back to history. And I think if you can structure your report like that, you will catch a lot of uh, eyes. So, there are these like things like, as you said, uh, the policy. Uh, Ludite policy. Ludite uh, policy. And then there's a paper which was published, uh, I think, a decade back, How Software is Eating the World. When software automation came into picture, you should probably make a note and pick up some of the concerns from there and apply it to the current state. And uh, then and present that view that how in future humanity handled it, uh, what did we learn from there? Because frankly speaking, the guys who are making AI are folks like us. <laughs> so there is going to be bias. <laughs> Right? Yeah. Alright. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks guys. Thanks. Early morning, very hot. <laughs> <laughs> <discussion. laughs> Anyone else?